We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Nathan Milton, regardless of Sam Hartman, Sam Hartman performance, he's a class act. I would agree. I've never heard a single negative thing about Sam Hartman. I agree hundred percent. The only negative I've heard are are about performance. You know, I wish he'd throw that guy more, you know, needs to read that out more, but that that doesn't have to do with your character. And, and and that, that, that leads into Ryan also to my decision to say, I'm not benching Sam Hartman just because he had a bad game against, you know, because he's not playing well because he is doing it right. And there is a level of, because of the moment you play him, I I will say this again, you need to have somebody ready to go that if he starts doing that again against wake, you have to make a move because Notre Dame cannot lose. You think, I mean, right now you can say, look, they lost to some talented teams or good teams. You go out and lose to wake or Stanford and, and it'll be way worse than it was last year. Cause you, you had the year one sort of, mulligan last year they cannot afford to lose another game yeah michael s super chat marcus freeman wanted an experienced offensive coordinator and offensive line coach he has an experienced offensive line coach by the way but that's another conversation for another day didn't get administrative support that needs to change yeah well and that was kind of the thing when the parker when the uh ludwig thing fell through you didn't just lose your your offensive coordinator you also lost who was going to be your offensive line coach but yeah. end of the day, I mean, guys, I've said this before. Mark Jared Parker is eventually going to be the office coordinator in Notre Dame at some point, whether it was replacing Tom Reese or replacing Jared Parker. So, look, I, 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 I don't, mean? yeah, uh, what, what, yeah, Ludwig, yes, yeah. what he was going to be, whether he was replacing Reese or replacing Ludwig. Yeah. We can talk about the administration support, and I agree, Ryan. We hammered them for how that all went down last year. But at the end of the day, sure. Marcus Freeman did not was not forced to hire Jared Parker. Sure. If he wanted to go outside the program, he could have used what happened with Andy Ludwig as sort of a cow say, hey, you want to save face? Then let me go get this guy. And you pay for it. Right. You know what I mean? He immediately turned to Jared Parker because he believes that Jared Parker can be that guy. You can disagree with it. You can think he's nuts. But Marcus Freeman did not have Jared Parker thrust upon him because of what happened with Andy Ludwig. 
right. he quickly turned to Andy Ludwig. And I and I think, I mean, Jared Parker, and, and I truly believe that ultimately, I don't think he was super upset about that. I don't think he liked how it went down, but I don't I don't think he looks at it like we do in that, oh, you had to settle for some this guy because you didn't get Andy Ludwig. I don't think Marcus Freeman looks at it that way. Right or wrong, I don't think that's how he views it. I think he views Jared Parker, viewed Jared Parker as a coach that can flat out run the system the way he wants it run. I, I think that's more of the issue right there. But, yeah. um, yes, he needs administration support to do all those things. There's no doubt. But I, I think we also need to accept the fact that Marcus Freeman doesn't view it the way we do as fans. That's the other sure. part. He, for them ultimately gets to where they want to be, though. He does need administrative support moving forward. I would 100%. Yeah. To where if he decides, hey, you know what? I made this decision. It was the wrong one. I need yep. to go out there and do this. Then they need to support him. Or Al Golden leaves. Hey, I want to go get this guy because or whatever. I need to go get the best strength coach in the country. This guy makes a lot of money. He's got a buyout. We got to make it happen. Then go get it. Then go do it. Like 100% correct, Brian. 100% correct. Yep. I just don't think he hired Jared Parker because a lack of administrative support is all I'm saying. I yep. think they dropped the ball. I think they screwed up. I think that they made some bad decisions as an administration standpoint, but I don't think Marcus Freeman views it as like this huge step down to hire Jared Parker, like fans did. Right. That, that's that's right. that's my point. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The holiday season is upon us, which makes my schedule a lot busier, and I know it does yours too. And that can make it a lot harder to make healthy meals at home. And that's why Angela and I are happy we found Factor, America's number one ready-to-eat meal delivery service. Factor can help you fuel up for breakfast, lunch, and dinner with chef-prepared, dietitian approved ready-to-eat meals delivered straight to your door. I'll be honest, we were skeptical when we first tried Factor, but it took one meal each and we were sold. Once I got done looking through all their different options, we decided to jump on board because there are so many tasty options. We use Factor for dinners, but they also have great options for breakfast and lunch, and their Gourmet Plus options are outstanding. That's why I'm excited to have Factor partnering with Irish Breakdown. So head to factormeals.com irish50 and use code irish50 to get 50% off. That's code irish50 at factormeals.com forward slash irish to get 50% off your purchase today. Charlie Weiss's last belt lube with the Super Chat. What's up, Charlie? Hi, IB. 
Is Jared Parker running Tommy Reese's offense or the offense he wants to run? It feels the exact same as last year at times, or is this Coach Marcus Freeman's approach? Thank you. It, the latter. It's Marcus yeah, Freeman's approach. Yeah, this is not he's Tommy fitting, Reese's offense. His, yeah. He's fitting his offense into the overall what the philosophy is, in my opinion. TD Brammy four. Thank you so much for the super chat. If you can make one attribute from your playing career and make it elites, what would it be? How you um how would you see your career playing out differently? Oh man. Oh, man. I know what mine would be. I wish I was 6'4, 220. That's what I, I wish. I also wish that I was 6'4, 220. Yeah. I also wish that I like, honestly, that yes, I absolutely think that, that if I had that, my career would have turned out a whole lot differently. Yes. I was yep. a six foot, 185 pound drop back quarterback. Yep. I was a six foot, 220 pound linebacker. Yeah. So being six yeah. three would have been a yeah. big help. Would have been a big help. What's funny is like a, a short quarterbacks at the time were just like, I mean, you just weren't going to do it. I, I went to a camp at NC State. I got invited to, to the, it was one, like, this is back when they would have like those three day, like overnight camps. You know what I mean? And so I went down there. I got invited to go down there. Uh, they started recruiting me when I was at uh, University of Christian in Jacksonville. And I was in that, they had like that group of like two groups of like the guys that they're recruiting. And I think I had like the second or third fastest miles per hour. I had like the second or third longest deep ball. I had the second best 40 time and they wouldn't give me the time of day. And I asked a guy that was there, I was like, dude, what's going on? Like you guys, because it was expensive to go to those camps back in the day, Ryan. They were like $300. Sure. I'm like, you know, you you invite me here, you recruit me here, I get here, and you don't spend the time of day with me. I said, I'm dominating in reps. I'm like, I'm I'm ripping, I'm, I'm doing all this. Why are they not paying attention to me? And the guy goes, see that kid right there? And it was this kid from Pennsylvania that sucked. He was terrible. He couldn't hit the broad. So he's like, and he, but he was like 6'5", 225, 230. He goes, I can teach him to throw a football. I can't teach you to be 6'5". And I was like, all right, it was my, it was my, that was my, my, my reality check. You know what I mean? Like, but what the best part about it is I'm trying to remember the kid's name. The best part about it though, is the guy that ended up starting at quarterback for them. I think is mm-hmm. I think it's Jamie Barnett is who it was. Um, but the guy that ended up starting at quarterback for them was over the, like during my college tenure was six feet tall. <laughs> so like yeah, it was, was um I think it was Jamie Barnett, I think is who it was. Yeah, Jamie Barnett. He was right before Philip Rivers. Okay. Uh so he was like six feet tall. And uh I thought that was pretty funny. Yeah, it's pretty funny. Then they went and got but Philip yeah. Rivers. They found their six five guy. Five. They eventually they found, found him. Yeah. Guy, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just one me. <laughs> yeah. No, good good question, man. That's fun. That's fun. So Ryan, you and I same page. I wish I was bigger. <laughs> wish I was a little yeah. bit taller. Uh, I, I, I well, arm length and heights was my thing. Yeah. yeah, I didn't have long arms. I, I could run a good pretty good and I could thump a little I could thump pretty well, but I was not the longest or tallest guy in the world. So yeah. Mm-hmm. Steven Martin with the question. Brian and Ryan, I needed to show more than you guys could imagine. Thanks for the reassurance and analysis. Of course, Steven. Thank you, man. Appreciate you. Next question is from Matt S says, does what we are seeing offensively jive with the players being recruited and commits? They are landing as far as skill sets, et cetera. No, that's what makes it so mind boggling. It's like they're not, which, which again leads me to believe that whatever the reason they don't view the talent as, as as, they view the talent as being an issue or the experience or something. I mean, that's what just makes this whole thing so puzzling because you're not recruiting to what you're running in, right. in a lot of ways. You're, it's it's just 
Yeah. It's weird. It's going to be weird. Yep. Just going to throw Cam Williams in the slot, baby. Can't play outside. I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I know, right? Uh, my, my, I, I have no idea. <laughs> yeah. Michael S., as of now, does Notre Dame go to the portal for a quarterback? 100% yes, they're going to go to the portal for a quarterback. The, 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 they're going to need, they're going to need a fourth arm. I mean, that's just because yeah. it, let's just say Steve Angeli gets beat out by Kenny Minchie or CJ Carr. I don't think he stays. I mean, I, I've given up on thinking a kid's going to stay till he gets his degree at quarterback when Drew Pine left. If Drew Pine's not going to stay, then I don't trust anyone's going to stay for four years to yeah. get their degree right. Nobody. That was the most I, I Notre Dame kid I've ever uh, seen. So I do the podcast with Matt Sims, Brian, and he actually knows Drew personally. He was like, Drew Pine's transferring from Notre Dame? Right. I never would have exactly. bet on that one exactly. happening. Exactly. Like, yeah. Yeah. By the way, you and Joe and Matt do a great job on that show, Ryan. Oh, so you. if you guys thank if you guys haven't seen it, they do a show on Believe and they talk. It's a it's a really good show. It's really well done. Thank you. Uh, but um, yeah, I mean, you've got you. So let's say you don't go to the portal to get that fourth guy because like ah, we got three guys we like, and then one of them leaves or gets hurt. Even if he doesn't leave, let's say somebody hurt gets hurt, you've got two quarterbacks. Now nah, you're going to need to go to the portal. The question is going to be: Are they going to the portal for a starter, or are they going to the portal for a backup? And the starter could be stud or look, we need competition. We need somebody coming there right. to compete. But there's, you know, the, it's just as long as it's a true open competition, I can live with that kind of guy. You know, like the kid that um, went to UCLA, right? Colin Schley. Colin yeah. Schley. Now he he's starting now for them again, correct? He came in, I think. I, I think he went oh for something passing, but he had a brushing touchdown. Maybe okay. It so it's Garbers weird. that it's Garbers that's the starter. Ethan Garbers. Right okay. Yep. Yep. But like, as long as it's a true open competition, you had the freshman that came in, the stud freshman. You had the transfer that came in who had started somewhere else, and you had the kid that was already there. And yep, they've started all three of them at some point in time. You know what I mean? As long yep. as it's my point is, as long as there's an open competition, a genuine open competition, and you're not gonna lean towards the more experienced guy okay that's fine but i just to me if anything i would lean more towards the 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 kid that's already there is how i would go at it but yes they will go to the portal there's no doubt about that it's just you know who's there and what level are is there that's that's a different conversation for a different day that we'll focus on even more after yeah, the season. I was, right? was going to say, it's going to be a great conversation for the off season. It's yeah. A great conversation. But again, do you know who's in the portal right now? I don't know. No one does. We, no one does. Exactly. Well, I'm sure, so. I'm sure someone does, but you know, that stuff's behind the scenes. Right. But yeah. Right. <laughs> and, and again, most of these kids are right now still worried about their seasons, their agents, their parents or whatever yeah. doing that crap. But then they sit down that season. The kid's like, I'm not leaving. That happened last mm-hmm. year too. There's kids that parents had worked out things and then who's interested in all that. And then, when the season came to an end and talked to the kid about it, the kid was like, no, I'm not going anywhere. Why, why would I leave here? I like it here. And that, yeah. that factors into it as well. We had another question from TD Brammy. Thank you so much. What player game do you regret the most as a coach or player or both? I, I don't know that I have any regrets as a player. Um, mm. Maybe just because I've already kind of moved on past that as a coach. I don't know that I have a game that's a regret. I have a season that's a regret. I thought our 05 season at Christopher Newport was a frustrating season that I thought we as coaches did not do right by our players as a, as a group. 
and we should have been a lot better. We went six and four. We had way more talent than we did the year before when we went yeah. to the second round of the playoffs. And um, I just felt we didn't do a good job of of embracing who that team was and building leadership. We just kind of assumed that leadership would emerge. And so I still look back at that season with regret. But um, no, I don't. I don't. I mean, again, I don't really look at it like I used to. If you'd asked me this question 15 years ago, I would have had a immediate answers for you. But I've kind of moved past that. I'm pretty happy have with you, my have life you ever, right now. Have you ever seen We Are the Millers, the movie? Uh, parts of it. Yeah. Okay. Well, there's like a guy in there the that had uh, no regerts on his <laughs> chest. And, uh, <laughs> say it, man. No regerts. It's my credo. No regerts. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I guess the thing I look at it is, is like, you know, there's some things that happened to me as a player in high school where, where I got, I got screwed over a little bit and same thing in college and, and I, and that stuff used to kind of get to me, but you know, the the reality is those things set me on a path that I was a better coach because of what I went through as a player, because you, you look at these young men, not just as, you know, resources to get to my end. You look at them as young people that this is their last chance to play football. And, and even when it means you got to bench them, sometimes there's a right and a wrong way to treat people. And I, and I tried to learn that. I, so I, th- I think had I, had, I would not have been as good of a coach if I, if I didn't go through those experiences as a player, I wouldn't be the man I am today. Had I not had to learn to overcome that type of adversity and that type of heartache where I put my whole life, like I didn't party in college. I didn't date in college. Like my whole life was football. And then it ends up being taken away. And you're like, I just wasted my college. That was your initial reaction as a 20 something. But then you look back now yeah. as a 45 year old and, and a married man saying, you know, would, would all of this have led to where I am now and to my wife now and my life now, had I not gone through that? And it's like, I don't know, but I do know that that led me here. And right. I'm, I'm, I like where I'm at. I'm, I have a great wife. I have a great life. I'm very blessed, very fortunate. And um, if things would have gone better for me when I was 18, maybe they wouldn't have gone as well for me when I'm 45. And I would, I would not make that trade. <laughs> Sorry. I would not make that trade. Biggest football regret. I was playing a flag football league about four years ago. <laughs> I pulled my left calf muscle. And instead of being the smart older person that I was at that point, a 28 year old, I'm like, you know what? I'm coming back in two weeks. You know what I did there, folks? I overcompensated and I pulled the right calf muscle. So we need to, <laughs> we need to learn from our regrets here. Yes. That was, that was my biggest regret in life is that I, <laughs> what came back too fast from a uh, pulled, pulled uh, calf muscle. There you go. Uh, which hurts it. really bad by the way you yeah. can't even bend your ankle like it sucks don't ever have yeah. that happen to you uh. <laughs> we had joe alt delete which is still one of the best names on here do you mm-hmm. fear that in the big games marcus freeman will double down on his offensive philosophy because he can point to moments where if execution was better the final result would have been in our favor uh, yes i do and, and, and the reason I do, Ryan, is because I've heard Marcus Freeman justify losses in ways this year he didn't last year. Was it you and I that talked about that, or was it was it me and Vince that talked about that? I believe I we you did I, at some point. Yeah, that that's a that's a red flag for me. Is last year was like no excuses, I own it, and this year it's like, well, it, it sounds a lot like 2015. You know, if we just play here, play there, we're in much better shape. And not, which is yeah. if he's saying that publicly, but he doesn't actually believe that, fine. But my f- concern is that. But what if he believes it? Mm-hmm. You know, that's that's a that's a concern because then he's not going to yeah. make the necessary changes. And I'm not talking about again personal changes. I'm talking about philosophical changes. If that's what he believes, we just got to 
play a little better and practice a little harder, then then it's not going to ultimately yeah. change, in my opinion. Yep. Uh, I mean, I talked about that with the with the media availability he had, where he just was hyper focusing on the fumbled punt and the interception for touchdown. And I'm just like, yeah, those are issues. There's no doubt. But like, is that the number one issue offensively? Like, no, it's not. It's not. So hopefully that's just a media conversation, right? Like it could be, but ultimately that is going to limit how good of a program you could be if that is your mindset. Because yeah, you're going to win some of those games, but you're also going to lose some of those games, right? You're going to lose a lot of those mm-hmm. games. So mm-hmm. I think that it has to change. There's no doubt. All right. Let's get to some more here, Ryan. We had Matt H. Could it be a vicious cycle if Sam Hartman doesn't trust receivers? They don't play as hard, don't get opportunities, coincidence. Confidence drops, repeats. Yeah, there's I mean, absolutely yeah, it's all it's that. all interrelated. Yeah. It's all interrelated, Matt. I mean, it, yeah. it's a it's a cycle, man, which is why I always say that it's never just one thing, right? It's a it's a ripple effect of this isn't playing well right now. Sam Hartman isn't trusting his eyes because maybe there's some drops early in the season. Maybe there's a free blitzer that came through, and then it has a ripple effect in all realities. I mean, and especially at the quarterback position where you are so dependent on making the really great ones, making guys around you better, right? Making a protection right, making a wide receiver look better because of ball placement and you know that type of thing, that if a position isn't playing well, that could have a ripple effect on wide receivers lacking confidence, offensive line lacking confidence, running backs lacking confidence. And this isn't even a, a remark of, this is directly from Sam Hartman on the way down, but like this ripple effect can happen and it has happened. And I think it is happening. I think there has been a ripple effect of lack of confidence all around this offense right now. Yeah. If you're a receiver and you're being called to run these deep routes and you know, your quarterback's name, giving you time of day, eventually you're going to be like, all right, I'm not running. I mean, that's just human right. nature when you're, when you're that age, Ryan, what, why, why should I run hard? This guy's going to be throwing me the freaking ball. And then, exactly. if, but see, you can't be that way. That's not, a, that's not okay, but that's human nature. And then you get you start forcing. Well, shoot, he's not going to throw it to me. But the one time he does, like, oh crap, I gotta, I gotta make this catcher. He's never going to throw me the ball again. And then you start right. putting pressure on yourself, and you drop the ball because of that. Absolutely, Ryan. Mm-hmm. That all, all that's. And yep. then of course now that hurts Sam's confidence. And we'll throw you to you again. Absolutely, it, it 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 all plays together, no doubt. Happens all the time. We had another question from Michael Pates. Thank you, Michael. How much of the not showing up falls on the leaders of the team? I feel like past Notre Dame teams are ready to play despite the coaching staff. I don't agree with that at all. Yeah, I don't, I don't either. I mean, there were plenty of times. I mean, Miami 2017, yeah. Michigan 2019. I mean, there's a lot, lot of examples. Virginia Tech 2020, 2019. I mean, there's a lot of examples where Notre Dame was just kind of going through the motions. Right, I, uh, I think for the most part, Marcus Freeman-led teams have showed up in the big games. Like it hasn't yeah. always been the result, but like you played tough against Ohio State two straight years and had a chance to win that football game this year. You played well against USC this year. Clemson, I mean, yeah, you got off to a terrible start, but like you still fought yeah. back and were a, a touchdown away from tying yeah. this game. You should have tied it honestly at some points. His I, I question know. doesn't say big games, and I and I do think there okay. have been games where this team doesn't just show up. Right. I mean, Stanford last year, Louisville this year where they're just and when I mean not show up, it's just like there's just no fire. Right. Like that's what that's that. And so, yeah, I think the part that's on the leaders of the team, certainly, certainly it's not only on them. That's part on the coaches, too. But 
like like Ryan, there, I think there's a lot of good leaders in, in, in a lot of different areas in Notre Dame, but like who's that rah-rah get in your face guy on offense? We know who Maybe it is Aldrich. on defense. Yeah. Maybe Audric at times, I guess. Right. Yeah. But like we know who it is on defense. I mean, you talk to anybody around the program, JD Bertrand never shuts up. Yeah. Like on the sideline, like never shuts up. And I mean that in a positive way. Like he's got, he's yeah. saying something to get you focused, get you locked in, get you ready to go. Like he's always talking right now. It's not like in your face screaming at you kind of way, but it's always, Hey, let's go. Like the great video against uh, Duke, mm-hmm. you know, where he talks about, Hey, we needed three, you know, or something about like, you know, I forget what it was, but he said something like, you know, we got two, we need three. And then they go out and get that turnover. Something like that. I forget. It was something like that. Ryan, right. Like, where it's just like, yeah. He's always like, stay on task, guys. That's what that kind of stuff is. It's stay on task, stay on task, stay on task. Joe Walt's a, a lead by example guy, right? Sure. I think Audric is to a degree as well. Sam's not a get in your face kind of guy. I don't know that they really have that on offense. I don't know they really have that fiery, get your head out of your you know what type of dude. And they need a Kyron Williams on that. Team yeah, somewhere, that's man. a great example. That's a great example, Ryan, because he was if you weren't blocking, Kyron was going to come get in your face. And and <laughs> and you know what yeah. I mean? But also he was energetic in a positive way, too. It wasn't just I, getting in I your face Kyron yelling Williams. at you. Quentin He's Nelson one of my favorite players of all yeah. time, man. I loved Kyron yeah. Williams. That dude played the game right. Yeah. I that but kid. Quentin Nelson and Quentin Nelson was that leader for the 17 team. You talk to other players like, yeah, if. if I, I remember I said I've said before Alex Bars would say, man, like the reason we practice so hard is because if we didn't, we knew Quentin. I didn't want to have to deal with Quentin. Like that, that like there were days I didn't feel like I mean, every player has this, right? You know this. There's practices yeah. you just do not want to be out here. I got three finals this week. Like I just do not want to be here right now. I'm I'm hurting. But man, if you if you practice that way, Quentin Nelson yeah. was gonna let you know that that's not acceptable. Because he never let that, he never practiced that way. He was gonna bring it if it was Tuesday in the middle of fall camp. He was going to bring it. And if you didn't, he's going to let you know about it. Who's that guy for the current offense? I don't know that they have that guy. I yeah. I, I think they have a couple guys like that on defense. And so, um, give her watch Howard Cross talk and press conference. Not really. Not as much. You know that guy that just kind of has that, I'm way more confident in myself than I probably should be, and that's why I'm good kind of thing yeah that's the swagger yep. that howard cross has but like that it. permeates to guys around him because yep. that guy's gonna bring it every day and you've got to bring it every day to match it there's a lot of guys like that on defense i don't know that there's a lot of guys like that on offense that's where the coaching sure. coaches have to fill into the void and provide mm-hmm. that and, and and clearly they're they're not able to do that right this second we had nicholas grosh said should we or could we start playing for 2024 and 2025 against Wake and Stanford? I feel like I, while I've realized that could be awkward for Hartman, we have to start making the tough decisions now. Every decision you make right now needs to be about beating Wake Forest. I'm sorry. Now, does that mean you cannot, you know, maybe play younger guys as part of the rotation? I mean, I'm always for that, Ryan. I'm not, I'm I'm for that four weeks ago. But you have to beat Wake Forest and you have to beat Stanford. Simple as that. Yeah. Simple yeah, as you that. Can't have, you definitely can't have a collapse where it's like seven and five, eight and four. It's like, oh my God, man. This is even worse than and, I and thought even, it was. And even if you beat those teams, but it's like sloppy and ugly, it's like, yeah, you're just like, you're not feeling good about this team coming into the offseason, going into the offseason. You got to win. 
Yeah. Now, are there roles for those guys? Sure. Sure. I mean, like if they decide, hey, we're we're not we're getting nothing outside. Let's give Braylon James a shot. That's not like punting to the next season. That's we're looking for answers. And so let's give this kid a shot. It's got to be that. There's a couple of decisions that probably should have been made already that maybe you revisit a little bit harder this week, right? Where it's like, you know, maybe Braylon gets some playing time. Maybe we implement Jeremiah Love a little bit differently. Maybe we start to ramp up Eli Raritan's targets in the passing game now that he's healthier. Maybe he gives the offensive linemen some chance to compete. Like Billy Shroud, Charles Jagasaw, yeah. something like that. Exactly, exactly. Maybe Cooper Flanagan's that guy you start getting more touches to as well. You know what I mean? Like, so sure, but th- those are those are things. Those aren't punting for next year. That's what we're doing right now ain't working, and we think those kids can get maybe get a shot to help, go help us win this next football game. Yeah, this is kind of this question is kind of related to to what we discussed here a second ago, Ryan, um, from Brandon about yeah. captains and leadership and stuff. Brandon's question. Thank you for the super chat, Brandon. Do you think the lesser number of captains this year than usual has any correlation with this team offense not playing with an edge or being mentally prepared? No, because if you have one captain, two captains, or eight captains, you don't need to be a captain to be a leader. Right. Simple as that. Like, yeah. if if J.D. Bertrand wasn't a captain, do you think that would change at all, that he's the leader of the defense? It would not. Right. It would not. And so I just – I don't think you need a C on your chest to be a leader. And so um, it's a fair question, Ryan, but it just yep. – I don't. I don't think that's the case. I, don't. I agree because I'm almost at the point where it's like you go act in a way where you almost force them to to retroactively like, hey, you know what? Like, we got to make this kid a captain. Be we got to put the seal on his chest because this guy is our this guy's our leader. Like, I yeah, do that. I, give me that. I, I I guess if we look at it from the other way though, for Brandon's question, there's an interesting conversation of is the fact that there were not that many players that earned captainship a direct correlation to why this team maybe lacks that leadership in certain That's areas, fair. which is, I think that that is an interesting question, Brandon. And I think there's some validity to that question. That is right? a very like, fair point. It, l- l- lack of numbers equals maybe there was questionable amount of leadership in some areas. I think that that makes a lot of sense. I could get behind that part. Yep. Very fair question. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! 
Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Aiden Benami, thank you again for another super chat. What's one goal you would have for each side of the ball to finish out the season for Marcus Freeman too? Hopefully no negative rumblings coming from the locker room. Well, offensively for me, Ryan, it's, I just want to get them. I just want them to go out these next, um, these next two, two week, two games and just play aggressively and confidently on offense, right? Get the ball out to your, to your playmakers and just play with confidence and just light it up. That's what I want to see offensively, defensively. I want to see you. I want to see you shut down the run game. I don't want to see either one of these two teams run on you, because that's been probably that's that's the one thing about this defense that that really bother bothers me the most. And and then all the things that go into that, like we talked about last week, Clemson's offense was really low, like ranked really low on tackles for loss allowed, meaning they gave up a lot of tackles for loss. And Notre Dame did very little to disrupt their run game, like that concerns me so i need to see them finish strong in that regard that would be my one for defense because if they can shut down the yeah. run game it's like this with anybody i mean wake forest's pass game is a hot mess and if they can't run the football and they're not even great at running the football to be honest with you but if you shut that down they have no chance i mean you'll blow them yeah. out yeah so well that. i i i think defensively you're going to be playing against two teams that have largely struggled offensively. Like Wake Forest has not been a good offensive team. Stanford has had like a couple good games offensively, at least passing wise, but they have not been a great offense either. So defensively, just get it back, man, and be the dominant force that you've been mostly be this season. Like you've been an elite group for the most part. And I just want that to continue obviously down the stretch here. Offensively, I want to see some fun, man. Like I just want to see guys look like they're having fun because I think that'll be a directly direct indicator of, if there is any juice or there's any momentum being built on the offensive side of the football is if guys look like they're having fun, man, right now, it just seems like a chore to play offense for a team. Right, It's going to say something good. about the leadership of the offense too, at a coaching level, if that's the case as well. So do you go into the yeah. meetings the next two weeks and just rip your guys new ones? Or do you, Hey, you know what, fellas, this is on us. We have, we have jacked this thing up. We're going to, we're going to go out here and we're going, we're going to practice hard. We're going to practice fast and we're going to have some fun out here, man. And uh, that's a great point. Right. Great point. There's no juice, man. Trevor Rocket with a super chat. Thank you so much, Trevor. Joining late. I know the season has not met expectation. Call call me old school. I want to see the lads win out and have a chance to win a 10th game, which is that aspect is an improvement in year two. Hashtag Lindsay tough. I would like to get them to see them get to 10 wins. Yes, Trevor. I agree. If you get to nine in the regular season, you win a bowl game hopefully you can at least take something from it, right? If you finish strong down the stretch, I think there's still some things to play for, not from a fan perspective, because the fans will say it's still an underwhelming season. Sure. I'm there. I got you guys. But from a, from a program perspective for the people inside the coaches, the players, there is still an opportunity to build momentum into the off season. There is still that Mm -hmm. opportunity there. So I think if they get to 10 wins, the, Hopefully you've made some changes down the stretch where the players are feeling better about themselves and what they're pl- feeling right now going into the offseason. So I think, yeah, Trevor, not even, not, you don't have to be a super optimism to say that Notre Dame still has some momentum that they could build down the stretch. I would say that. 
I think two things can be true at the same time, Ryan. And these are the two truths that I think can be there. Number one is Notre Dame going 10 and three is an improvement. It is uh, against a tougher schedule. You had a better record. Uh, you didn't lose to any bad teams like Stanford. Okay. But right. you can also then say, but this season based on expectations was a disappointment. Those things can both be true. And, and to your point and to Ryan's point, if you finish strong, it still can be a disappointment, but you can still go into the offseason with some good positive vibes and momentum. And, and a perfect example is the 2014 season. That season was an absolute dumpster fire. But that win over LSU in the bowl game, a game that nobody thought they had a chance to win, gave that team a ton of confidence going into the offseason, a ton of confidence going into the offseason, more than a team that in way eight and five and had home losses to Northwestern and Louisville should have had. <laughs> you know what I yeah. mean? Like, but oh, is, is yeah. that the is that when they lost to uh, Reggie Bonifin at quarterback yes. for Louisville, who eventually oh, moved yeah. to as a true freshman, eventually moved to wide receiver? Yes. Now as an NFL yes. running back, yeah, yes. Yeah. And that that's that the uh, North North Northwestern team was like two and seven, three and six, or something like that coming to that game. It yeah. was a uh, it was a bad stretch of football, really bad stretch of football. We had another one from Trevor. I kind of said the same thing yesterday. And for the first time, Notre Dame is probably going to have opt-outs for the bowl game. If not before, I hate that chance to win 10 games. They've had opt-outs before. Last year, Michael Mayer and yeah. Isaiah Foskey didn't play. Kyron Williams opted out a couple yeah. years ago. Yeah, him, yeah, there was another one. It was Kyle Hamilton. Him and Kyle, Kyle Hamilton, Hamilton both did yeah. two yeah. years ago. So, yeah, they've had opt-outs before. That yeah. that's not That's not new. And I actually don't think there's going to be a ton, Trevor. Like, I mean, I, I could be wrong about that, but I, I was just thinking about, like, players that could potentially opt out who are draft eligible. Just like, mm-hmm. you know, Joe Alt, Audric, Cam Hart, maybe. Like, outside of that, it's like, is it really that guy that I look at and say, like, right. yeah, definite, definite opt out? I don't, I don't know. I'm not right. sure about that. You, who'd you we'll say? See. You said Joe Alt and who? Cam Hart? I said Joe so Alt, Cam Hart, uh, Cam Hart, and Audric Estime would be the three that I would, like, look at. Yeah. And it's like, maybe Sam Hartman, but, like, Maybe not. I mean, he still has some stuff to prove right. on the field, right? I mean, so like right. maybe not. I don't know. So right, that's an interesting one. Let yeah. me read this one, Ryan, because I want to get. I'll have you answer. This is from Brandon. Brandon asks, "Thanks for the super chat, Brandon." Brandon asks, "Are there any true freshman starting quarterbacks you know of this year?" I mean, Dante Moore was starting, but he got benched, so he's not starting anymore. I'm trying to think. I mean. Not true freshman. There's a couple redshirt freshmen that I can think of, but. I don't think so. I mean, I, I'm I'm really trying to think, Brandon. Like, I'm trying to do this question justice. Like, I again, I Dante Moore was starting for a little bit. Other than that, like, I don't think so. I really don't think so. I don't know. Dante Moore was starting. He got benched. As of right now, I don't think there was a true freshman starting that I know of, at least at the high levels. I, I don't think so. I'm actually looking right now, Ryan, to see if there's anybody. I, um, I, I know there's a couple of redshirt freshmen. Like, I know right. the – Colorado State quarterback that's put up some right. decent passing numbers is a redshirt freshman. I can't think of a ton of freshmen, true freshmen though. I really can't. Yeah, I'm going the UNLV kids. I don't believe is a true freshman. The Arizona kid I don't believe is a true freshman. Um, and I mean most of the freshmen I'm seeing are kids at like FBS schools. I, I mean, mean like Jaden Rashad. Jaden Rashad has started a couple games, but he's not the starting quarterback for Arizona State now. Did he get he hurt? I don't know. I just know they have that like that Trenton Bagoot kid or whatever his name yeah. is starting now. So yeah. I think Drew Pine got hurt as well, I believe. 
Yeah. But uh, real quick question. Here's an answer. Stephen Martin, has anyone ever seen the movie Edge of Tomorrow? I have, and I actually thought it was surprisingly good. I don't even know what that is. It's with uh, Tom Cruise and uh, Emily Blunt. Okay. Where he keeps repeating the same day. Is this newer? Is this Uh, in the last 10 years or so? Okay. It's it's actually a pretty entertaining movie. Like, it's it's a really... Like when I first heard the preview for it, Ryan, I said, this sounds stupid. But then I watched and I was like, dude, this is really well done. Like surprisingly well done. I think you'd actually enjoy it. Yeah. It's a good, it's a pretty good movie. Okay. It's a pretty good movie. Take a look. Yeah. Yeah. And even like, I'm sorry, I'm thinking back to the last question. And I just saw in the chat, like Emery Williams for Miami started one football game. He didn't start this last season. Right. That that was due to injury. Correct. Correct. Yep. That was due to injury. I'll have to to watch it tomorrow though. I, um, I'm like hit or miss on Tom Cruise movies, but like, yeah. I'll, I'll watch anything. You when it's mean? good, it's really good. Right. Yeah. That's the thing with, yeah, agree. He's very hit like, or miss. Well, <laughs> the one, uh, the one, it was a collateral. We did with Jamie Foxx. I thought that was a terrible movie. I saw, I saw um, that one actually. I did see that. Yeah. One. There's yeah. been some, uh, he did one with Nicole Kidman back in the day. I'm trying to remember what it was called. I didn't like that one at all. Mm-hmm. Um, where they were like, it was like they were selling the West or something. It's like far and away. I think is what it was called. I was like, it was like a never, kind of a, never seen that. Never seen movie you that. take a date on and i was like no nah, i didn't like that it, he, he's been in some ones i didn't like but when his movies are good they're really good yeah. like i, I somebody had me watch oh whoever whoever was the person that told me to watch the mission impossibles i did watch them all they're pretty good they're pretty i didn't yeah, like, I, like, I like oh mission my god impossible. these are phenomenal but they're they were good they were good yeah, i like mission impossible um, um yeah. he, also, he had some good ones back in the day like jerry Maguire and such yeah too, which were really that good. was that was yeah. a great one uh, Minority yeah. Report was a really interesting movie. I I've thought seen, I was my own like I had to watch it twice uh, to get into it. Oblivion was okay. Like that was, eh, you know, it was a little bit dull for me. Did you watch that mm-hmm. one where they were on that like that space mm-hmm. station? And it was, eh, yeah. it was all right. It was. If you get time to watch people, it and you're bored, watch it. Otherwise, I don't care. People um, don't do space movies very well. That I think about. No, it wasn't like a space, space movie. Movies. It was like. <laughs> They were in like this space station and they were like protecting Earth. And there had been like, okay, it's just, it's just, I don't want to say too much because then I'll give it away. But yeah, it was, um, it was okay. okay. It was just kind of gotcha. boring. I thought it was kind of, boring. okay. A Few Good Men was a phenomenal movie. That That's probably my favorite Tom Cruise movie. It's a Few movie. Good Men. Yeah. yeah. Yep. And, and that's saying a lot because Tom Cruise, um, I mean, he's got, I mean, the top, both Top Guns are in my favorite movies of all time, but Few Good Men is probably my favorite, um, uh, Everybody's talking about Eyes Wide Shut. No, I never saw that one. I'm talking about the, that's not the Nicole Kidman movie. I think it was called Far, uh, Far and Away. I think is what it was called. Something like that. I don't even, what's where Eyes they Wide were, Shut? They were from that. Ireland. It's a, it's, you don't even want to know. It was. Okay. Yeah. Never heard of but, it. Uh, so must be great. Yeah, you, you don't want to know. Man, it was, uh, oh, somebody said Tom Cruise is a heck of an actor, but a weirdo out in the world. Uh, you're not wrong. You're not wrong. That's that's a lot of actors, man. Yeah. You know who I heard is like the weirdest dude ever is, um. <laughs> uh shoot what's his name um he was in national treasure what's what's the guy's name nicholas cage nicholas cage is like the weirdest great movie by the way yes yeah a great movie by the way yeah yes my my wife just put in there ryan i was a bit worried he was going to say eyes wide shut too we are we were about to have words and i'm thinking hold on a second i haven't seen eyes wide shut how does my wife know what eyes wide shut are about yeah so now we are gonna have words in a different conversation she's seen it She's seen no, it. I I never saw Eyes Wide Shut. So, but uh, and and Tim O'Malley's busting my chops. He said that I have to during the bye week have to watch all the right moves. He said he's pulling my football cards. 
It's like an oh, I know all right moves. It's, I've um, never seen that one. Yeah. So yeah, I've seen if I don't moves, watch yeah. all the right moves by the end of the week, Tim O'Malley might not be my friend anymore is what, is what he basically threatened. So I've got to figure out a way to watch it. So nice. I'm going to, so I'm going to have to watch that one this week for my guy, Tim. So yeah, Okay. there we go. There we go. Next question is pulling up slow for me. There it is. Brandon Plesner. How does Marcus Freeman address all these issues on offense? How would you go about it if you were a head coach? Because there are clear issues from personnel usage to philosophy, to play calling, to execution, to mentality, offensive well, line, quarterback, and wide receiver play. It's building blocks, right? I mean, it's 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 some of the things that you do take care of those other things, right? right. Like philosophy will impact play calling, execution, mentality, and then all the other things, right? And then once you figure out who your philosophy is going to be, then it's how do we implement it? So it's building blocks, but it comes down to you've got to you've got to adjust your philosophy, and you've got to trust how you prepare. Right. Because even if you keep the same philosophy, if you change your preparation, it's still going to be better. It won't be good enough. You won't win a championship, but it'll be better because right. the philosophy will be the same against Pitt as it was against Clemson. That's the sure. difference. You, you, know, you need you and, need to yeah. prioritize what the initiative is, Brandon, right? Like, what are the more important things? Because usually they cascade down into other parts of the game that would be very important. So, uh, mm -hmm. Brian, can you read this one for me? I just wanted to get this one up if you... Um, yeah. If you, Vince D'Addario, how have you not seen all the right moves? I played football, Vince. I didn't need to watch a movie about it. You know what I mean? Like... I know for you, you're playing in a triple option offense, so it didn't really feel like you were actually playing football. I completely understand, but um, no, I he was just I never was just stalk yeah. blocking outside yeah. in the triple option. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I, mean, I, I get it, I get it, but I actually played football, and uh, so no, I I I don't know. It's just, it's like a band of brothers. Um, I'd never seen that. I've never seen that. I never saw um, Saving Private Ryan until recently. I love war oh, movies. For Great. me, yeah. war I, I like war documentaries more than necessarily war movies. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I'm such a dork when it comes to like history movies. I'm like, that never really happened. That never really happened. That never really, you know what I mean? It's just like, and I can't ignore, I can't enjoy it as much sometimes. Uh, yeah. And that's kind of the reason I think the second midway is better than the first midway because the second midway was much more close to the actual event and how, or how it went down than the first one was where they had like just made up characters. So yeah. But yeah, so I, I but I, I, people I have love, told me, Jason, just a, yeah, and I've, I've heard Band of Brothers is great. I need to watch it because some history, like stuff like that, I really enjoy. It's just, will I make the time to watch it or not? So I, I, I usually trend to trend, trend to watch mo movies from actors that I love. Like I've seen every Tom Hanks movie. Like there's not a Tom Hanks movie I haven't yeah. seen. I don't think there really isn't. So there, I haven't seen a lot of his recent stuff, like the Mr. Yeah. Rogers. Does he have recent and then he, stuff? Yeah, he he did that Mr. Rogers movie within the last few years. I've got, I, didn't I actually it. haven't seen Mr. Rogers. I saw Sully though. Sully wasn't bad about the that was the pretty good plane crash and yeah. stuff. Well, and I didn't know this until the end, but apparently the way that the whole thing went down with the investigation was not quite how it wasn't like they 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 dr dr kind of uh, made that a little bit you know dramatized it. It wasn't that yeah. confrontational, uh, right? But which oh okay, you know. Tom Hanks had some clunkers back in the day though, that we never talk about. Like what's, yeah. what's that money, money pit money pit is one of the worst movies I've ever seen in my life. Oh it's yeah. Funny, a little bit, yeah. yeah. I didn't like the burbs. I thought that was really lame. That was, really oh yeah. Lame. I've seen the burbs. I've seen the burbs. Yeah. 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 Yep. 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 But he's great. Tom Hanks is great. Yeah. What a national treasure. Yep. There's a couple of these, uh, Nick, Nicholas Cage's best work for sure. 
Let's yeah. see here. We, we got to wrap up here, Ryan. So I just want to get these last, find these last okay. couple here. Sounds good. Uh, here's speaking of movies. Uh, in terms of pure awesomeness, which do you rank higher, Roadhouse or Cobra? I never saw Cobra, and I thought Roadhouse is overrated. I, I just, I, I, I have, yeah, it was okay. I've also not seen Cobra, and I, I liked, I liked Roadhouse. Sylvester I've never Stallone seen Cobra movie. though. Never seen. Cobra. I think it's a Sylvester yeah. Stallone movie. Roadhouse okay. was just kind of okay for me. I wasn't. I mean, I, I didn't dislike it. I didn't like it. It just was kind of like, all right, I saw it. I liked cool. It. it Couple good. good fight scenes. Good. Move on. So yeah, uh, pure awesomeness uh, of the two. I'd have to go with Roadhouse because I've seen Roadhouse. All right, that would be, uh, that would be one. Yeah. Let's talk a little college football here, Ryan. Just as let's yeah. let's end on this one. I think this will okay. be a good one to end on. We had PGC eleven twenty two. What are your thoughts on the Alabama LSU and Washington South Carolina uh, Southern Cal games? My apologies. I think Washington Southern Cal went out exactly how we thought it would, Ryan. I think the one surprise yeah. for me is how how much Washington implemented their run game as a part of how they wanted to go at USC early. Like they really Dylan did a Johnson nice job. looked pretty good in that game. He yeah, I mean it was clear yeah. they the, yeah. with the stuff they're doing, like the toss plays. They had to, they ran yeah. a really great like a well-designed quick pitch play where they kind yep. of faked one way, went the other because they knew USC was overly aggressive. That was about as good of a, of a run design as I've seen from Kalen DeBoer. And he completely sure. took advantage of, 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 he found every weakness that USC had and exploited it. I mean, he really did. And, uh, you know, Caleb Williams did best he could. The USC offense did as best they could, but they just couldn't make the big stop as many stops as they needed to. And then when they had yep. a chance late, they turned it over. Uh, but I thought that game went about uh, almost, I mean, a little bit more scoring than I predicted. I think I was at like 44, 38. You were somewhat yeah. close to that as well, Ryan, and, and, and score somewhere, somewhere in the ballpark. Yeah. So yeah. Um, it pretty much went how I thought it would, thought it would go. I, I, the the unfortunate circumstance of that whole game was like that was a pretty good football game, right? Until the yeah. final turnover, obviously. And all we're talking about afterwards is Caleb Williams crying like with right. his mom. And I'm just like, why are we talking about this, man? Like, come on, like let's move off of this, please. But yeah, it's yeah. pretty ridiculous. Yeah, uh, yeah. I'm looking at it now, Ryan. You actually had this final score 45 to 42. So now you had USC winning around. Yeah, yeah, but you had the score right. Um, Prior to that last fumble, because that's more yeah. I me. Mean, Forty-five, forty-two is more indicative of how that game actually went. It was back yeah. and forth the whole game. I mean, it was it was literally both teams had a chances to take leads and tie and take leads. It was not a double-digit game until the very end. No, uh, no so game. I yeah. thought it was a. I mean, it's a hard-fought game. It's just USC just yeah. can't play defense. And um, yes. Alabama LSU. Uh, I mean, it just it. It was competitive for a while. Jaden Daniels yeah. did his Superman act early on in that football game. Yeah. He did really well. The wide receivers are bananas. Malik Neighbors especially had a great game, especially early on. Brian Thomas showed some pop, obviously, because he's really talented. Jane Daniels is really good. That offense is really good in general. Yeah. Once Jane Daniels got knocked out, I'm like, all right, they're not coming down from 14 back. Like they're just not, it's not going to happen. Yeah. Obviously it's just not going. And to, I, I so. think the things that have played Alabama all year, or excuse me, the things that have played LSU plagued LSU all year, plagued them in this game as well, including the offensive yeah. line, not being able to protect Jane Daniels. Yeah. I still, here's the thing I'll say about that. I, my only question was, does Alabama have enough offense to score? And they did. I mean, Jalen Daniel, uh, Jalen Milrow made some great plays, and and you know they ran the ball, had a couple good runs, and all that. But that was more about LSU stinking. 
here's my whole thing about it. This time it didn't, it, it had an outcome on the game, but I don't know yep. that it would have ultimately mattered win loss. I mean, if Jaden Daniels is healthy for the last part of the fourth quarter, could he have pulled a rabbit out of his hat like he did against Missouri? Maybe. Possible. It's possible. But yeah. to me, I don't know how that. Chris, uh, that that Dallas Turner hit on him wasn't targeting. I mean that 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 to me should be the definition of what we want out of the sport. Where he led with the helmet, hit him right in the helmet, and then drove his head into the ground with his crown. And it's like yeah. if you're trying to to limit head injuries to both sides, that's exactly. The, I mean, it's forcible contact to the helmet. He led with this because they've said forehead is considered part of the crown. He led with that, had forcible contact to the helmet, and then drove him into the ground. Like every part of targeting was ev- was there on that play, and no call. Which is why I hate the targeting rule. Like that that should be textbook targeting. And they and here's the they didn't even review it. He was laying on the ground for several minutes, and they still didn't review it. It should have been like, some type of penalty. Definitely should have been some type of penalty. It I just, it it just, the, I think they called a, I thought they called a personal foul. Did they not? Did they? I, I didn't think they called anything on that. I could be yeah. wrong though. I, I thought they just didn't call absurd, on it. just absolutely yeah. absurd. And it just disgusts me that, 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 that rule is applied. So inconsistent. Like, isn't that the kind of hit we don't, you know, look, you, you don't hit a, you don't leave with your helmet. You don't hit a guy up under the chin. That's the most dangerous place to hit a kid. And you definitely don't drive him into the ground when the ball is clearly out. I mean, that, I'm not. It wasn't a dirty hit. It was an aggressive no. play. But that's the kind of aggressive play we don't want in the game. Like I did. I didn't think at any point in time Dallas Turner was trying to hurt him. Right. But it's the kind of play you want to get rid of and not have. And then they didn't call right. it. I so, will say this during, during the uh, during the better part of that game where it was more back and forth, like twenty eight thirty five and all that type of stuff, or not twenty thirty five, but whatever the score was at halftime. That was a impressive game from like, I'm a, I'm a defensive guy. So I was just thinking like, how the heck would I stop these athletes at quarterback, man? They're wild. Like Jalen Milrow still has a long way to go as a passer, but like that dude is a stupid athlete, man. Like, holy smoke. Here's what I'm wondering, Ryan, is this going to be the wake up call for Bama? Because they have not been using him like that. I mean, the previous three games, he had three yards rushing minus 19 and minus 31. Oh, yeah, they need to use right. it more, man. They need to use it more. So that that's quite, could this be the wake-up call for Bama over the next three yeah. games in the SEC title game to say, hey, look, you need to do more to build that kid's legs into what you're doing. You flat out have yeah. to do it. It could make them a lot harder yeah. to defend. Or was it just because that's how bad LSU is? We'll find out. Jaden Daniels can run, man. Those kids can run. Yeah. It's that was nuts. A, that, was, that part of the battle was fun to watch. It was. But <sighs> at the end of the day – Bama's defensive line was going to make enough stops to where Jaden Daniels was. I don't think even if he do- doesn't get hurt, wasn't going to be able to win in. I even liked. Just, I, I, yeah. I liked how the Alabama offensive line played in general in that football game too. I thought yeah. I thought they showed a lot of improvement because they have not been great early on in the season, yeah. but it seemed like Caden Proctor's finally yeah. settling in at left tackle. The right tackle's playing good football. The, the six, number sixty five, his name's escaping me. He's a former five star. Latham, J.C. Latham. Latham. Yeah, J.C. Yeah, Latham's playing good football. So they seem to be settling in offensive line-wise, which is good because they were they had a struggle early on in the year. Yeah, there's no doubt. No doubt. All right, let's get – that's it, Ryan. We got to get out of here. I've got some people here that need to do some work in the house that's going to be really nice. loud. So nice. I thought we were uh, having a good conversation. You're just rushing if, me out of the building. Man. If you want to – Ryan, if you want to keep rolling through these – 
You can. That's up to you. Do you want to keep rolling with some of these? No, nah, I think we're going to call it there. <laughs> we're going to call it there. Sorry, folks. You could, I only ask because you've got a. I know you've got a sick baby at home, so that's why. I yes, asked. yes, we do. Yes, so, we do. Because I know he want. That's see, you guys could see it all. You could see the temptations. Like, man, I, there's a lot more good questions I want to get to, but I got to. I know. Baby. I was looking at it. So yeah, yeah. yeah. I was. Uh, there's a yeah, lot of great yeah. questions left. Katie has a really good question that's left. Archer had a really good question about bowl matchup. So. Well, you, well, if we didn't get to your question, please feel free to bring it back tomorrow. Ryan and I have more time tomorrow uh, where yes. we won't have the, the same interruptions. But uh, but anyway, and bring the questions to the mailbag yeah. on the recruiting show on Friday as well. And I mean, on the message board, all week. right? Because <laughs> if, if, if there was something you really wanted to know and we didn't get to it today, like there's a great question yeah. about if Benjamin Morrison could go pro hypothetically, who would be the starting cornerback? That's, that's that an one. interesting conversation. Put it on the message board. We'll engage yeah. it. Love to love to talk about it. So why don't you go and take us out of here, Ryan? Well, folks, if you like the show today, hit that like button. Even if you didn't like the, the show today, hit that like button. Subscribe to the podcast. Make sure you hit that notification bell as well for us. You'll know when there's a show that's going to be coming up. Of course, me and Brian will be back tomorrow to discuss. We want to see down the stretch for Notre Dame over the last couple games, including the bowl game, to see some offensive outputs and some things improvement moving forward. Make sure you hit that notification bell. If you're listening, this is on your favorite podcast platform. Also subscribe there. Hit that notification bell. And five-star reviews are also very much appreciated on any of your podcast platforms. Boards.irishbreakdown.com. It's a bye week, but the news never stops. We'll be having recruiting and team intel for you all throughout the week. Make sure you stay tapped in at irishbreakdown.com. We will talk to you again very soon. Ryan Roberts, Brian Driscoll here on the Irish Breakdown Podcast.